0: Well, hello everyone welcome back to another episode of the treble treble podcast that is a queer music podcast where we discuss music that most of you probably know through a queer lens and we are back we do have a special guest like i mentioned um our special guest comes from a former podcast that i was a part of um from the thanks for coming rupaul's drag race podcast and briefly the Queer Defense Squad podcast, uh, we have Stony. Hola, how is everyone? <laughs> Did you miss Stony, everybody? I'm guessing not. Nobody missed me. <laughs> I- I'm assuming everyone listening is just nodding their head up and down. Yes, we missed you. Or they're saying, who's Stony or what is things for coming? <laughs> or what are these other podcasts that don't even exist anymore? <laughs> right. <laughs> Oops. But yeah, we have a fun topic here. Uh, we are discussing the Foo Fighters album, their second album, The Color and the Shape, which is, I'm sure, a lot of your
1: favorite albums. Yes, we love The Color and the Shape. It's such a good album. It was definitely one of those albums that I like grew up listening to like when I was in like middle school, high school type thing. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited to chat about it today.
0: <laughs> definitely and, and stony and i have seen the foo fighters did we see them i saw them twice did i see them? oh no i saw them once with you and once somewhere else
1: yeah i was gonna say i've only saw them once and i'm pretty sure it was like uh, in Noblesville in northern in Indianapolis, like at the whatever big... that
0: amphitheater is called.
1: <laughs> yeah, it used to be. I don't know, it's had like three different names, but yeah, whoever's paying that day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that was a fun, that was a really fun concert. That was the one I think where didn't he like break his leg like on that tour or something? And he was like in a like he played from the uh, I don't know, some big throne or something. <laughs> yes yes that was the tour when he was had his broken leg and
0: it was still it was still just as good like for being a first time experience like that could have been a real bummer just to be just to see you know dave just sitting there but i mean even just sitting there like he could he was not he couldn't sit still <laughs> and uh we were in the lawn and we felt the energy all the way back there so that was really cool
1: yeah it was a really good show like i mean obviously i wasn't expecting it to not be a good show <laughs> but right <laughs> um It definitely exceeded all my expectations. Like, it's definitely high energy. And yeah, he, like, with the broken leg, even, he was like doing the most. (laughs) Like, that's the most badass you can be with a broken leg, basically yeah
0: <laughs> uh the second time i saw them uh, was when i was living in seattle at the uh baseball stadium which i think also has a different name now i think it was it was called Safeco before but i don't remember what it is now because i was like it's always Safeco to me but um <laughs> <laughs> fuck the patriarchy <laughs> yeah fuck the patriarchy this is just what I'm, i'll call whatever i want <laughs> But that one was really cool because uh, I was with my friends on the front row barrier off to the left side. So we were not like directly in front of the stage or any particular member of the Foo Fighters. But, you know, Dave works the stage and we got, you know, some a couple quality moments of Dave Grohl just shredding and being a badass like right in front of us. And that was cool as fuck. (laughs) Sounds amazing. (laughs) Yes, that was like definitely a fun one. I definitely remember having a lot of anxiety just because it's such a large um, environment and there's so many people around us. And I was like, oh, God, just hold on to the railing for dear life.
1: For real. Yeah, the older I get, the more I'm like, I can't do these large like stadium like concerts. It's just too much. (laughs) It's a lot. Usually I'm okay if I'm in a seat now
0: but even then it can be kind of overwhelming (laughs) for sure (laughs) but you know everyone knows their limits and it's fine there's no judgment you know everyone has their own things going on in their life and um mine tries to keep me from the thing i love (laughs) (laughs) one day at a time (laughs) Uh, one day at a time for sure uh let's go ahead and get into our mini topic of the day Uh, There is just one mini topic this episode. Uh, It's kind of uh, an interesting conversation that I thought might take a little bit longer. So I only put one topic this episode, and it's about a lot of discourse that I'm seeing mainly where I see it is on Twitter. It could be other places as well, I'm sure. But I've been seeing a lot of discourse about Sam Smith. And that they, uh, and lots of discussion about their appearance, (laughs) basically. Because I think Sam Smith has fluctuated in weight, right? Before he like, he was kind of like, um, he got skinny, or they got skinny, and then they got a little bit bigger, like more average sized.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think he's just like like any normal person like fluctuating weight, um yeah so i mean i don't know (laughs) i think that's what's so frustrating about i mean i don't know all the details of this like i've seen a little bit of discourse on twitter but the frustration frustrating thing is it's just like um it's like any other person right like we fluctuate in our weight and it's just embarrassing that like people like get on twitter and act the way they do when it's like this person is just being like a normal person so
0: (laughs) right and there's like a couple different
1: sides to the
0: discourse too um i guess let's start with the uh the negative or The negative err side (laughs) is i've seen people being like oh like i literally saw they posted a picture of sam smith um in a some type of a bathing suit like on a boat like having the time of their life
1: and like literally the only thing they said was walrus cakes yeah see that's i think i saw something similar it was like uh it was like on the boat or something somebody posted like a side by side of sam smith and then it was like a picture of like some like i don't know like jellyfish blob thing and it was just (laughs) like i'm just like what the hell like these people people are so rude i know it's just like insane to me and like the thing is sam smith looks fine (laughs) like there's literally nothing they're like an average person they look better than i do i have no
0: uh I, you know, I, I personally don't feel that comfortable in my skin to be like showing off as much as Sam Smith does, but good for them, uh, for being confident, more confident than I am. (laughs) Um, but yeah, people are, people are just like so crazy. And and, like one of the craziest parts about the tweet was it was someone that had a very similar like look and build to Sam Smith.
1: Yikes. Yeah. See, that's just, (laughs) it's a little self projecting there. (laughs) Yeah, it's very toxic. I don't I don't know like what why like people feel the need to even like comment to be honest. Like it's really not anybody's like business. Like Sam Smith is just living, you know, their life and like yeah. I don't know.
0: Like people I'm not interested in, like I guess.
1: Um, I just came
0: out as a um, Billie Eilish hater on the Infectious <laughs> Guru podcast. <laughs> um, <Nice. laughs> I just don't tweet about Billie Eilish. You know, I let, let her be, you know, she does, you know, her thing and she has her fans and I don't need to make a comment because she's just not interesting to me. That doesn't mean like, she's a bad singer or like anything negative towards her. She's just not for me.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the way people need to be like everybody has their own preferences. Right. But like to, I don't know, go on out of your way to actually just like shame this person for literally just weighing the same as any other other average person. like Right. Well, and the thing about it too
0: is which makes it even more sad is that it's just like that ingrown, like, um, I don't know what you would call it, like, uh, the, like the internalized gay standards of beauty or whatever. I'm sure that's why the person that posted this this tweet was like, I don't know, maybe trying to make themselves feel better or to like reclaim their beauty or whatever that, you know, whatever to make them feel better. But really, like as sh- as shitty as that was for the person to do. I think it reflects more on the LGBTQ community just because they do have such like a a ridiculous standard for what is considered attractive.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. I think that's honestly the root of all of this is that it's just the toxicity of like everybody in the community. Like they're just I don't know. It's just reached a point where everybody just has to like shame each other like for literally anything <laughs> for clout or whatever yeah <laughs> which
0: isn't a real thing by the way you can't measure clout so
1: yeah i mean you've got other gay people on twitter like coming out multiple times these days right <laughs> like, three times a year to their parents so sometimes I don't know. you have to you know sometimes <laughs> yeah. once isn't enough <laughs> Right. Sometimes you just have to do it like quarterly or something.
0: You're like, I just wish people would celebrate me, so I'm going to come out again. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that kind of leads to the other side of the Sam Smith uh discussion is that a lot, I think more more than the negative tweets like that we just talked about more often times than not, I'm seeing lots of people being like, oh, like they'll, oh, they'll put up a picture of like uh, Sam Smith and like, I guess you'd call it like a sort of a jump, like a glittery jumpsuit, you know, with the no uh, arms and stuff like that. And then they'll put it next to another picture of Harry Styles, who also is wearing like a similar outfit. And they'll say like, oh, well... You guys like this on Harry Styles, but you don't like it on Sam Smith because Sam Smith weighs more.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's just I mean, that's just in general, like every I feel like you see shit like that all the time. Like even I don't know, I see uh, stuff from like the straight community with like Lizzo and all that as well, where they do like similar things. Right. Because Lizzo is wearing it or whatever. Like, oh, that's disgusting because she's Um, wearing
0: like pants was it either pants or dress with like. Uh, a cutout where her her butt is.
1: Yeah. So it's just I don't know. People are just like fat phobic. I think is the problem, and like they hate themselves as well. So <laughs> it's like, oh, we have to just like attack somebody else for like feeling comfortable in their own skin, you know?
0: Yeah, and that's the thing too is like on on the on this new side that we're talking about of people being like, oh, this is fat phobic. Uh, like I would say eight times out of ten, it's like a white twink or a white cis ma- uh male that has abs and like an right. like incredible body that's like unachievable for most people to me that ang- angers me also because these people also would like never give someone uh with the body like Sam Smith the time of day like they would maybe give the time to Sam Smith because they are famous but if it was just like an average person that looked like Sam Smith they would just like never never even talk to them
1: yeah it's uh it's not good like i and that is really the problem is like nothing wrong with like somebody wanting to be fit and like all that but like if you're gonna go on like twitter like just be this like toxic person because you have abs or you're in shape and then you just don't want to give anyone the time of day like, I don't know. It's just like treat people how you want to be treated. Like, honestly, it's just the golden rule. Like, it's right. really not that hard. People like, I don't know where like society went wrong, but. <laughs> uh, Andrew Tate, maybe. Yeah, that is also very wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if this is a, a correct statement, but I want to say that like both sides of this discussion that we've had are are equally as bad for different yeah. reasons. Yeah. I mean, I would agree with that <laughs> because on one side you have someone that is um of, I guess you would say plus size, even the more average sized uh tweeting about Sam Smith's body, like, which is a similar body that they have that they have been told is not good enough. And then are projecting upon Sam. And then on the other side, we have like all these, like, I don't, I don't toxic, maybe you would say toxic gaze. I'm sure there's like, one or two that are nice but (laughs) right there's always one or two good guys um there's definitely a trend (laughs) of not good ones (laughs) but yeah there's more likely than not if i meet like someone that has incredible physique they're just like yeah they don't yeah definitely won't talk to you on grinder um probably won't talk to you in real life like at a club or bar
1: (laughs) yeah probably has very problematic profile uh with a lot of and very problematic uh, responses in their messages.
0: You, pro- <laughs> you probably see a lot of pictures of them and their friends that are like in Speedos and all white. Um, yeah. Yeah you know, like doing fire things. island
1: party or something.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's like, you know, uh, I definitely I don't think one side is any better than the other side. I just think that we should take this conversation and really think about what it means to be like a good person and to, you know, just give everyone in the community a chance. Like and also too, just because someone talks to you, it doesn't mean they want to have sex with you. So like, I think that's like, also like, kind of, big thing with like these more attractive gays so uh i i just would like to see our community
1: do a little bit better yeah it's asking for a lot though
0: (laughs) i know we've had a long time and it it hasn't gotten better yet (laughs) um so yeah let's uh i guess we can put a a cork in that discussion and get into like the real fun of today's podcast like something where we don't have to like go into uh mental crisis or like (laughs) Or have a breakdown about.
1: Yeah, at least not yet. I don't know. (laughs) We'll see how it
0: goes. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and get into our album review. So like we said, today we are talking about the Foo Fighters album, The Color and the Shape. And that is the second album released by the Foo Fighters. It was released on May 20th, 1997. Uh, Dave Grohl recorded the first Foo Fighters album on his own. So this is the first, like, full band effort with the Foo Fighters, um, including former Germs and Nirvana guitarist Pat Smear, Nate Mendel, and uh, William Goldsmith on drums. And uh, this album was produced by Gil Norton. I didn't really recognize his name, and he's, like, recorded like so many albums that you guys love so that's something you guys can research on your own but (laughs) but yeah so it was inspired the album itself was inspired by dave girl's divorce from photographer jenny jennifer youngblood and the album's track listing was designed to resemble a therapy session uh between up-tempo tracks and ballads to reflect the conflicting emotions
1: interesting
0: yeah, I didn't know that as well. I found out, I thought that was a cool little tidbit I found out when I was researching. Yeah, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. But once you know, now it, it clicks and it makes sense when you listen to the record again. But yeah, so after a tumultuous start to the recording, uh, they kind of scrapped the album and Dave went back and re-recorded a lot of the drum parts, uh, which led the drummer to quit the band. <laughs> and understandable, you know, he put a lot of time and effort into, you know, recording this. And then Dave was just like, yeah, I could do it better, which is, which is fair. Yeah. Cause he probably can do it better. Dave's an yeah. amazing drummer.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's hard to like, it, that would be a terrible position to be in. Like you got brought on as this drummer and then like, Dave is just like, yeah, we're not doing that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But that does leave an opening for drummer. And this is when Taylor Hawkins joins the band from uh, the touring drummer position in Alanis Morissette's band. Yes. yes, R.I.P. Taylor Hawkins. (laughs) We miss you. That was a cool special, too. I'm sure everyone listening has seen it, but... Yeah, the Taylor Hawkins tribute was cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, the color and shape remains the Foo Fighters' biggest seller in the United States, having sold more than two million copies, according to Nielsen's sound SoundScan. So very cool. Like, I mean, this is a pretty when iconic record. Like when you think of like you know maybe Fleetwood Mac, Rumors, um, mm-hmm. you think of um, other albums like of that magnitude. I think you could put the uh, the color and the shape up there. I mean, maybe maybe at a slightly lower level, but it's like a, a pretty iconic song that a lot of people love.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I think t- like too when you look at like list of best albums in the '90s, like this is always on the list somewhere. You know, not the top album, uh, but <laughs> it's definitely on the list. So it's it's an iconic '90s album for sure. Definitely, I remember
0: my first like intro to the Foo Fighters was through their big meme music video when they were like spoofing Mentos and all this other stuff. Do you remember that?
1: Yeah, I remember like, because Dave was always just like acting crazy on these music videos. (laughs) Like He's a goofy motherfucker. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But that was, so that was um, from the first album. So um, yeah, like definitely throughout the years, like I've been... A, a big uh well i mean i've i've stayed like up to date with what the foo fighters are doing i remember we watched man i can't remember what that series was called when they made the album and each like city was a different song we i think we watched that together
1: yeah no i pretty sure yeah because you were in indie at the time yeah but um but yeah that project i was looking it up just uh, uh sonic highways sonic highways there you go yeah um That was like, honestly, like I kind of listened to The Color and The Shape like in high school and stuff, but I didn't really follow them after like I would listen to this album, but I didn't really follow them other than like singles that would come out. So like the Sonic Highways documentary for me, like was kind of revisiting them because I hadn't really listened to much of their other music besides, you know, this this album. So,
0: yeah, I agree. I think I was in the same boat. And then. I found. Well, I mean, I like. I was starting to like build my love for the Foo Fighters at, around Sonic Highways, and after like watching that whole series and watching just how much Dave loves rock and roll music, and in the effort that he puts into like being in different cities and showing off different musicians and stuff like that, and just like I, I really like that he is so humble and like, um, really is just like he's just like us the people listening to the album like he just loves music you know and he's just uh, like an ordinary person like in, in my hero like he doesn't really like have heroes that are like rock stars but it's more like the average person so yeah. i guess so i guess we could say that
1: dave Grohl is our hero because he's ordinary
0: <laughs> yeah no
1: i mean i i that's the one thing i my take away from sonic highways and just getting to know like Dave as time has went on is like just how much he loves music and how much he really cares about what he puts out, which I really respect because I mean, I'm not saying artists don't care what they put out, but sometimes they're just going through the motions, right? Like, Oh, we're releasing this thing. Cause we have to. And I feel yeah. like Dave, like, I don't know. You can tell like he really cares what they're doing.
0: So. Definitely. Yeah. He's very passionate about the music. Uh, and, and he wants it to be the best. And and you have to respect that about about Dave. So let's go ahead and get into talking about some of our favorite songs. Uh, since you're the guest, Tony, I'll let you go first. All right.
1: So I've got a list of favorite songs. So I'm going to start out, though, with my first, like my top favorite song, which I might have spoiled it a little bit on Instagram. Uh-oh. <laughs> But my favorite song off this album is February Stars because I don't know, I'm a sucker for like a build up and like, you know, a slow in the beginning kind of builds up to this epic ending. And so I really I don't know, this song for me is one that I listened to as well whenever I was in high school and like I was still closeted and like depressed and like dealing with all my like issues like as far as coming out. And Mm -hmm. to me, this song is like, was like the perfect anecdote for me because it was just like, I don't know, for me, it was, you know, the lyrics, uh, I'm looking at my notes here, but basically it references like I'm hanging on here until I'm gone right where I belong. And Mm -hmm. it just kind of keeps repeating that. Like, and to me, I kind of interpret that as kind of just, you know, going through something and you're kind of just hanging on for dear life, hoping you get through it. Right. And then the part that really, for me, like makes it one of my favorite songs is just obviously the ending where there, it becomes like this optimistic thing. And like, that's why I love about the song is it's kind of like you're struggling and going through something, but like there's an optimistic message at the end, basically right. saying you're going to get through this, even though it's like fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> um So that's kind of how, like, I don't know, I would listen to that song all the time. And Honestly, I hadn't listened to it for probably, I don't know, while. like five years or something. It yeah. had to have been. And like, I've been listening to it a lot this week just because it's just it brings back a lot of memories. And it's just a good, good song.
0: But also too, like the transition from February stars into Everlong is like a chef's kiss work of art right there.
1: Yeah, no, it is. It's a it's for it to go from that to Everlong, like. That, those two together, like such good songs.
0: That just like shows, like I don't know, I don't know who specifically was involved with the sequencing. I would assume Dave was, but Chef's Kiss to you, Italian hand <laughs> signals to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would I would have to say, you know, as far as like favorite favorite songs, I mean, and you may feel the same way. I feel a lot of people probably feel the same way. Is uh, the top three for me are Everlong, Walking After You and My Hero. Do any of those match up with other
1: songs that you put on your top? Yeah, so I definitely so I have Walking After You on there. I didn't put Everlong or My Hero and not because they're bad songs. It's just because I think I listened to them so much that I wanted to like highlight other songs that I liked um, on there. But those two obviously are like I mean, there's a reason they were like singles and that they were so so successful because they're good songs.
0: Definitely. And a lot of times on the podcast and just in general, people talk about songs being overplayed. So you don't want to listen to them anymore. I think Everlong and My Hero, those you could listen to those songs like a, a hundred times in a row and not get sick of it.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, they're like the instant classics <laughs> and remain With, classics. <laughs> well, right. Yeah. I mean,
0: that just shows the testament of like how truly awesome these songs are. Not only can you listen to them repeatedly, so many people love them. Like if you've ever been to a Foo Fighters concert, um, one of the coolest moments is just everyone singing Everlong together, just like screaming together. It's just such a unifying feeling, which is awesome. And I, yeah, I don't know. That just It just shows like, this is a pretty strong record, just with like the singles alone with Monkey Ranch and, um, mm-hmm. I guess that song. I mean, that song is in rock band, so um, yeah. I don't know. For some some reason, Monkey. I still love Monkey Ringe. I just wouldn't want to listen to it like back to back, like the other
1: like hits from this album. Yeah, definitely monkey wrenches yeah let's i kind of forgot it was on there but i think that's part of the reason i excluded it as well as because
0: <laughs> you just it hear just, it so
1: much yeah and it's it's definitely a good song though
0: oh yeah definitely good song i did put a couple underrated songs that i reconnected with um one of them being february stars
1: yes so
0: <laughs> yeah we definitely have that in common as well and I also put that C U is also just like an underrated fun pop song.
1: I have that and
0: one. You like that one. And then Up In Arms is also pretty great, too.
1: Yes. I didn't put that on on mine, but that is also a good one.
0: Yeah. Other... I like to clarify, you know, between like my absolute faves and then some like underrated songs that maybe people don't know.
1: Yeah. Because I have so I have uh, two more that are kind of like my faves, but not like top tier kind of middle. Okay. By. I really like Hey Johnny Park because I love the I like the melody of it and there's like the lyrics like I don't really connect with the lyrics necessarily, but I like the melody of the song. Um, I think that's just like a common thing across Foo Fighters
0: songs because maybe maybe we can revisit that when we talk about lyrics, but I yeah. can I can relate to your uh your like for the song based on on Sonic qualities. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and then my other one is Wind Up because that one is just for me is a good one to work out to. Um, so I like I don't know either, uh, lifting or just like, um, doing cardio to that song. So it's really good. Perfect. Well, I think I think that definitely leads us into
0: our our next topic very well, which is, um, you know, of course, we're not saying that there are any bad songs. You know, this is personal taste. But are there any songs on the album that you would skip in the future or I mean, just yeah. Is there any songs that you would prefer not to listen to?
1: Yes. <laughs> and this may be like, I don't know if this is allowed to say because um, it's the title of the album. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, no. But I don't like the the color and the shape. Like, it's just not it's not my thing. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I, definitely... I can agree with that one. Yeah, and it kind of sucks, honestly. To me, that's what makes the album not. It kind of takes it from, or to me, that's why the album is good, not like top tier great, because it ends with this song that I really don't like. Right, and I just feel like I don't know. I feel like the song should have been different, but then it's like then you'd have to rename the album. So,
0: (laughs) right, they're like, well, we need an we need the title, so well, I guess we'll just keep it. We'll,
1: We'll put it on last. No one's gonna listen that far i almost feel like i don't know there's probably a foo fighters fan out there that's like how dare you like i'm sure there's. i love the color and the shape they're like the whole purpose of the album is the song and i'm like sorry i don't like
0: it sorry girl (laughs) (laughs) before we move on were there any other songs that you would skip
1: um the other one that i would consider skipping or that i skip a lot actually is enough space Um, just because I find it to be repetitive and I don't know, there's like a part of it that's kind of like screamo to me and I'm not like into that type of stuff. And I mean, Foo Fighters has some of those songs, but it's just like, to me, enough space is just very repetitive and it's lots of screaming that I don't really care about. So (laughs) yeah, Uh, (laughs) unneeded screaming. Yeah, (laughs) but much needed, I guess. I mean, it'd be fun at a, at a concert. Oh, and also
0: probably uh pretty therapeutic if you're going through a breakup
1: yeah and you just need to like, get pissed off you know
0: yeah I just get it all out there you know <laughs> uh well, the songs that i put as the songs that i would probably skip are hey johnny park no <laughs> <Just> be- <laughs> because the lyrics are just so like meh like i was reading about like the meaning of the song and i guess there's this guy johnny park that Gr- dave Grohl was friends with like when he was like maybe like I think it was from like age 5 to 12 or something like that and I guess they had like lost touch and he wrote this song like hoping to get back in touch with this person
1: which yeah I was
0: like mm, that could have been an email maybe like you know
1: <laughs> yeah no I agree with you like even the song like it's really I think I said this already but like the melody of the song because it's like if you actually read the lyrics you're like the song is like doesn't even make sense right
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes definitely um the other songs that i would probably skip are wind up sorry girl damn um and then the last one would be enough space as well so we, we are we do agree on that one good <laughs> so you know there's a little bit of disagreement here on this on this list but it is what it is and i'm sure everyone listening has their own list too which you're more than welcome to tweet at us um in the there. i think the links will be below hopefully as long as i'm doing my job correctly just
1: don't tweet about february stars sucking because then you might get blocked <laughs> yeah i don't know it, it, it's hit or miss like i have to really like you as a person to not block you for that one <laughs> yeah
0: um so let's talk about favorite lyrics on this album i kind of like want to circle back to what stoney was saying like a lot of the songs are um like the lyrics are very like kind of i don't want to say simple but there's there we're not saying we're not having complete complex thoughts i would say as opposed to other songs like um Maybe if you were listening to like The Smiths or something, but um, or The Cure or whatever. But uh, yeah, I don't know. That being said, I did have a little trouble finding some favorite lyrics. There are a lot of songs that I find like amazing, incredible songs on here. But it's like it was really hard for me to pick out specific lyrics. But um, were you able to find any?
1: Yeah. So I definitely agree with you about like the lyrics were not, you know, this is not like shakespeare over here <laughs> or anything i i had like an existential crisis like
0: while looking <laughs> up my favorite lyrics because i was like why because normally i am a person that likes lyrics like the most mm-hmm. out of the song but there's just something about the lyrics plus the musicality and the sound and dave Roll that just make these these songs so good so i i still haven't figured it out yet maybe you got, maybe people listening can help but yeah. i was like do i Not like the Foo Fighters because I can't find favorite lyrics or like the things that I connect to. So um, yeah, that was a whole process I went through while revisiting this album.
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that's partially a testament to him being able to make these songs into like these epic rock songs. But um, but yeah, no, I kind of agree. I mean, I've already said like February Stars. I kind of went into that. So I mean, for me, that one is just huge because it it I connect to it on a personal level from being like closeted and all that. But my second favorite lyrics um, probably uh, is from Walking After You. I really like, I think the opening part of it is where he says this, but it says tonight I'm tangled in my blanket of clouds. Mm -hmm. Like I just really liked, I don't know. I just really like the lyrics of that song. And it just, to me, like, I really like, too, just the melody in it of it all. Like it kind of just um, fits the lyrics with the song. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I really wanted to pick lyrics from that song as well. But as we've discussed, I think I've, you know, come to enjoy the melody or of the song more um, yeah. than the lyrics necessarily. Because the song itself is about a breakup and you know, wanting someone back and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do, I, there are like lots of lines, like what you said, like t- being tingled up in clouds that are really beautiful, just to sort of think about like, you know, being in your own world, you know, where things were happy and good and that sort of thing, you know, like a an, in a safe little bubble.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: that's always nice, you know?
1: Yeah, no, I, I think that's like, I don't know, just... I'm always like into like songs like that, where it's just like these (laughs) where they're saying something that you can kind of interpret yourself, you know, like, I mean, you can think of a million ways, like how this relates to you. Um, But uh, my, my other favorite comes from, I think, see you Um, the part where he's like, these notes are marked return to sender. I'll save this letter for myself. I really like that just because that song to me is just really cool because it's kind of just like, you know, it's just kind of speaking to yourself. It's kind of how I I see that.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think I'm. I think Dave Grohl uh said said about that song is basically just like a fun pop song, like in the style of um I think he said the Knacks. Um. So I mean, like once they say that, I'm like, oh yeah, I can see that. Like a you know, nice little pop song but it, it's still catchy so you such a great song
1: yeah it is I, I didn't realize that's what he had said about the song but it makes that makes total sense <laughs> yeah it's just like is uh like my Sharona esque or whatever <laughs> my Sharona.
0: it's maybe a little deeper than my Sharona, but hey hey to compare those two though not a, the song's meaning and depth isn't necessarily the most deepest in the well you know maybe we at a shallow area where both of these songs live <laughs> yeah (laughs) but um i guess i had a couple i just had two uh favorite lyrics that i tried really hard to find so i could contribute to this discussion (laughs) um and the first one is from everlong of course and i put the probably like the song the line everyone screams the the loudest uh if everything could ever feel this real forever if anything could ever be this good again The only thing I'll ever ask of you, you've got promised not to stop when I say when. So I think that song, like Stoney said, it can be interpreted in different ways. I'm sure, you know, in this song, it's more of a, a reference to his breakup and that sort of thing. But I think for me... And, and I think you also said this, like the words can be, you know, the lyrics can be interpreted in so many different ways, which is mm-hmm. great because um, not everyone wants to live in Dave Grohl's breakup. <laughs> right. <laughs> but <laughs> that's the magic of, of music is that it can be interpreted in different ways.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. This one I like because it's like, to me, it's just like uh, when you're in like maybe like a darker space or you're feeling down about something, whether it's like work or, w- you know, whatever it could be. It's just like, oh, man, I wish things just would, like, get better.
1: Yeah, no, like, I feel like Everlong is just one of those songs, like, I mean, you kind of already said it, but, like, that's why it's so popular at the concerts, I feel like, because everybody can get have their own takeaway from the song, really, and it's catchy, so, I mean, everybody just loves it instantly, so.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely, and yeah, there's just, like, such a, a nice wide range of dynamics through the song, and just, like, cool, you know. Uh, really cool guitar riffs and stuff like that and yeah i mean everyone can just relate to the words probably in their own you know in their own interpretation maybe it's a breakup in their life or whatever that they're relating to so yeah that song those lyrics just are really like sometimes are very cathartic to scream in the car while you're singing this song (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh,
0: my other one uh, is from monkey wrench surprisingly i chose all this time to make amends what do you do when all your enemies are friends? Ooh, so yeah. I thought that was a really interesting like thought to contemplate because I find like a lot of times like there are like, especially in the queer world, there's like frenemies or whatever, <laughs> like where you're like <laughs> friends with people that for whatever reason it may be, but you, um they're not necessarily like the best person for you to be around. Just like they're not, i don't want to say they're not a good person but like yeah. to you they're not a good person but you still friends with them and and i found a lot of times growing up that i gave a lot of time to people that were i guess you quote-unquote enemies that i kept as friends yeah that totally makes sense thanks for inviting me onto the podcast you're welcome <laughs> uh this is a, an intervention basically uh you are my enemy and prepare to die <laughs> I'm feeling the shade feeling the love (laughs) over here, (laughs) y'all. But uh, yeah, those were my two uh, lyrics that I wanted to discuss a little bit. Um, So we've reached towards the end of this uh, discussion about the album, but before we leave it, I do want to ask you what your rating of the album would be from one to 10.
1: Yes. So I thought about this for a while and I have to give it an eight out of 10 So to me, 8 out of 10 represents that it is a very good album, but it is not a great top album of all time. Like, I think it's a really good album of all time. But I think, honestly, there's I feel like there's a couple songs in here that I think I could do without. And I also think it's hindered by the fact that The Color and the Shape, the last song, to me, doesn't fit. Now, I'm sure there's going to be somebody that's like, oh, my God, (laughs) the whole reason of the album. But like, feel free to read us. It's fine. Yeah. But to me, it just doesn't fit um, with the album, in my opinion, which is like weird because it's literally the title of the album. (laughs) Right. And what's interesting, too, is
0: that I also gave this album an eight. Oh, but I almost gave it a seven and a half, actually so i'll and i'll and for very similar reasons to what stoney was saying is that there are so many songs on the album that i would want to skip um the reason why i bumped it up from the seven and a half to eight is just because the the really good songs are really good (laughs) Mm -hmm. and just like to have songs as anthemic as like everlong my hero um, walking After You, like things like that. I mean, those are just special songs. So I was like, I can give it that like half point bump to eight. <laughs> it makes yeah. up for the
1: fact that they're, you know, the color and the shape and like all these other songs I would skip. It's funny you said that because I actually was kind of in the same boat. Like, should it be like a seven ish thing? But it, like, I basically came to the same conclusion as you is just because the fact that the good songs are so good and like, and outweigh the negative. Yeah. So it kind of just bumps it up to me. Like to me, it's like, if you're going to talk in nineties albums, like if this isn't on the list, then you're doing your list like incorrectly in my opinion. Right. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Absolutely. Um, So before we go, uh, we just do like to talk about some song or album recommendations, you know, maybe, Uh, The listeners would like to discover some new music, or maybe they don't know what to put on their Spotify after they stop listening to this podcast. Um, Did you have any
1: songs that you would like to share with the listeners? I do. So everyone that knows me knows that I'm like a huge Radiohead fan. and I've been seeing a lot of Radiohead (laughs) posts on Insta. (laughs) Yeah. And I the thing is, like, I kind of like stopped listening to them for like, probably like the last like three or four years, because I think I just got like, I don't know, I hadn't really the last three or four years, I wasn't listening to like a lot of music in general. And now I'm kind of like getting back into them. So I'm going back through all their songs again, like re-listening to a lot of stuff that I listened to all throughout my life. But I wanted to recommend one thing. If you're a fan of just like kind of um, diving into like, uh, like live music of theirs or just even like some lesser known songs that are like their B-sides that I really enjoy. It's the, it's called their Calm Lag uh, album, which is a, it's, a live album and then also has b-sides but they also do like live versions of some of the b-sides from their like hell to the thief uh amnesiac era um so it was kind of in between i think hell to the thief and in rainbows so it was like 2004 2005 um but it was released as like a japanese exclusive i believe at the time okay um but it has a couple of good songs i would recommend one is uh called fog again which is a live version of a b-side which is really good song and then um they have another one called i am a wicked child and okay and uh the last one is gagging order okay so those are good starting points for that that record yeah so definitely check it out it's a fun little it's like a shorter like ep but um it's fun to listen to if you want to try something new i've seen you listening to uh, kid amnesiac
0: a lot as well so maybe maybe they can check out that album as well
1: yeah that's another good one too it's the double of kid a and amnesiac so
0: yes so those are good starting ones. Uh, did you have any other songs that you wanted to
1: talk about? Um, no, I don't think so.
0: Okay, <laughs> uh, I have a few. Uh, normally, I feel like I've been coming in with albums a lot uh, lately, especially on the guest uh, episodes. But I came with two specific songs this week, and these are definitely these are fun, like qu- like queer songs that I wanted to maybe shine a, a light on that people maybe not know about. So the first song is by a band called High Dive, which is actually low. They're actually from Bloomington, Indiana,
1: and
0: I've been listening to them for about ten years now. I just happened upon their vinyl, their record, in their in the shops when I was living in Bloomington, and in the local section, and I was like, "Oh, this." cover looks kind of cool and it and it just so happened that it was like the artist uh, is a queer artist and talks about um like lots of trials and tribulations of being queer like especially um maybe back in the 90s and we've talked about that a little bit on the first episode and um and like the more how much more of a struggle it was to feel like authentically you mm. so um the song i want to uh direct you to is called tennessee and uh, that would be a great one for you to start. And that whole album It's On is really good, but that's the one I'm mainly just trying to focus on. Um, the other one is a more recent, uh, very recent queer artist called The Scarlet Opera, and I've been like really trying hard to push this band because I love them so much. <laughs> um, okay. They have one single out so far, w- one song, but the song... That is on Spotify that you can listen to is called "The Place to Be," and it's just like a really like fun, loving, like danceable, empowering queer song about just being yourself, going and having a great night out, and just like
1: feeling happy. You know, nice. I'm definitely gonna check out Scarlet Opera because that sound that's pretty cool. that They've only got one song out, like <laughs> yeah,
0: they're they're very fresh. Um, they the they. I think th- at least the singer was a part of a different band that I can, of course, can't remember the ba- the name of before pre-pandemic, and then the pandemic came, so that kind of like put a shutdown to whatever that band was. But now they've regrouped and they're coming out with new music, and like their singer can sing anything, like uh, anything, <laughs> like diva, like Beyonce songs, like Tina Turner songs, like the- I just. It just, it's just his voice is incredible. So I can't say enough good things about it. The Scarlet Opera located in Los Angeles, California. They have done a few. I think they've done a show in New York. So those are the only other lucky people that have gotten to see this show
1: is is if you're in New York or Los Angeles. That's really cool. I like the name too, the Scarlet Opera, which makes sense after you said that the lead singer is so amazing. <laughs> yeah, his, his voice is pretty operatic. He s- sings um,
0: opera songs. I can't remember the song, but I know that um, the it, it, the song, this uh, opera song, has different like versions, and the versions that he sings is the one done by Aretha Franklin so really good like you have to be pretty ballsy to sing uh you know cover aretha franklin
1: <laughs> yeah you don't want to screw that up
0: <laughs> yeah you don't want to fuck that one up but uh but yeah the band was called the opera first and i think and then they changed it like right before they started putting out their music um because i was like waiting for the music to be able to listen to. Like I would just watch like their Instagram <laughs> stories or like their little <laughs> reels or whatever. And I was like, why can't I find any music? And then they put out the the place to be with uh, the name, the Scarlet Opera. That's awesome. <laughs> I definitely some amazing Britney Spears covers. If you go look at the reels. Yeah. It's cool. amazing stuff.
1: Do they cover <laughs> alien?
0: <laughs> uh, no, they covered <laughs> lucky. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Thankfully. <laughs> and even if they did cover alien, it would sound much better than the demo. <laughs> okay, Just making sure. Yes, girl. Very cool. We've have arrived at the end of the show. I wanted to just thank Stony so much for coming on. Um, Ooh, hello throat. Um, and I don't think Stony has anything to promote, um, because we don't really have a podcast anymore. Stoney's shaking his head right now, but I don't, is there a, a message you'd like to leave? The listeners with uh, just life advice or whatever you want to talk about
1: yeah i guess just going back to our first topic just be nice to each other don't go online and be shady just i don't know keep to yourself and if you do have to tweet something just tweet something nice or maybe before yeah. you hit the button to tweet just ask yourself is this something that i want to put out into the world
0: <laughs> yeah That's good advice. That is really good advice, especially for like Twitter
1: users.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because sometimes
1: Um, I don't know. It just it. Sometimes it helps just to think about what you're doing or saying or. Like,
0: am I the problem here? Yes, it's right. me. I'm the problem, or however that antihero song goes that Spotify keeps making you listen to from Taylor Swift.
1: Yeah, and I mean, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I guess you can follow me at Hot Cheese Please. But yeah, um, I wasn't sure how how much info you wanted me to put out. Yeah, I mean, you can go there. It's mainly just me like retweeting like shit posts. So, <laughs> but they're usually pretty funny. Yeah, the posts that you retweet. I mean, I find good stuff sometimes, but here lately, there's been a lot of just uh, <laughs> <a> drought. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man. Well, very cool. Thank thank you so much for coming on the show. I Hope everyone listening had a great time. Uh, I'll be back next week, and uh, of course, we would like to invite the food fighters on the show, especially Dave Grohl. More than welcome to come on the show for an interview, or we can talk about whatever you want. Really, we can talk about music. I know. I'm sure that would be appealing to Dave Grohl. So if you're uh, Dave Grohl or you're passing this episode along to him or his manager, uh, my contact information is below in the description. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, I'm all about manifesting on this podcast. Yes, girl, you have to manifest. (laughs) I'm manifesting. (laughs) So uh, thanks again for for listening, everyone. We'll be back next week. Bye. Bye.